and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. So, uh, welcome back, Nick. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I'm, I'm thinking... Unless a lot of you start complaining, I think that Nick is going to be co-hosting a little bit more with me. But feel free to complain if you don't like what Nick has to say. I haven't experienced that yet, but (laughs) Uh, it's actually funny. So Nick and I are obviously partners in the Less Doing Virtual Assistants. And there is a personality profile called Fascinate or the fascination, basically. It's by Sally Hogshead. And it's like Myers-Briggs or all those other ones, but it really identifies how people communicate, uh, their communication style. And there are 49 different personality types, and Nick and I happen to have the exact same one. So, you know, one out of 49 chance of that happening. And uh, apparently, it's actually a good thing in our case for the personality that we have. We are known as the maestros. Isn't the whole point of this personality test, though, that it's not how you view the world, but it's how the how the world views you. Yeah, which it's is like a big difference. It's like your natural communication state, basically. So that's and what's funny is like we we make all the anyone that gets hired with us has to take this test, and we map it out on a on a plot. And it, it's kind of funny because we're at like the center, and everyone most of the everyone that's else true. is yeah, kind of like in a circle around us. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that's worked out. That is true. I did. Yeah. By the way, welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode two hundred five, and today I spoke with. Jeff Woods, and uh, you're gonna like that interview. So, uh, in the meantime, Jeff Woods from Santa Barbara. I don't know. He I, has the the podcast called The Mensch. No, I, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, The Mentor, The Mentor. Yeah. Oh, I went to school with him. I know. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm supposed to talk to him next week. That's really funny. Okay, so <laughs> that's today's interview. Uh, but we'll talk about some links first. Uh, and again, I just want to remind everybody that we have this upcoming workshop here in New York City, March 10th and 11th for less doing BPO, which is our business process optimization stuff. And we will help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your business. And we're actually going to help people implement things. So the second day is all about implementation. It's a two-day workshop. And Joe Polish will be there as a speaker. And we've got some really, I, I think we're going to have some other really cool guests as well. So uh, the first one I want to tell you about, Nick, is this is, okay, so this is a weird one because it's not a service that I would use per se, but I know this is a big one for people. So it's an email introduction service for like keeping follow-ups. And basically it helps you connect to people very easily. So everybody's had this experience with doing email intros. And some people, like I know people who spend a lot of time on their intros and like they really take the time to make sure that they know why people are talking about it. And that's fine. Me personally, I'm just like, hey, here's this, this so-and-so and this is so-and-so, please connect. Uh, and I don't know which one's better. But this is a service that basically you put in the two people and it creates the intro and it provides their LinkedIn information, their Twitter and all that stuff. And then it it even follows up and also shows you like the status of your intros. Again, like this is not something I would use, but I know that this is a big thing for people. Like it's a real, it's a problem for a lot of people, like the intros and following up on them. Yeah. One, one tool that I've used is Conspire. Have you ever looked at Conspire? Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. love Conspire. I've talked about it. Yeah. Um, uh, this, this looks cool. I mean, if you don't know what Conspire is, you can basically like type in whoever you want in the world, like Mark Cuban. And it tells you how you're connected to Mark Cuban, that Ari knows Joe, who knows Damon, who knows Mark Cuban. And it shows you the path that you need to take to get that intro. But this, I guess, saves you a little bit of 
time constructing the email. Yeah. And then the follow-up. So I, again, like I, it's, this is a weird one for me to, you know, I'm talking about oh. it. I'm not specifically recommending it, but definitely try it out. It's called Entro, Entro.io. Uh, okay. So this one, this one is cool. This is called Drift Daily. And basically what this does is it gives you a daily digest of the uh, of VIPs that sign up on your site. So if somebody signs up for your newsletter, you know, if you're getting hundreds or thousands of signups a day, it's basically going to show you the important people, you know, the people who have like a big social media following, the guy who's the top CEO, a journalist, whatever. Uh, and if you notice here, it actually can give it to you as a Slack digest. Hmm. So this is cool. So like if, I don't know, if, if Tim Ferriss signs up for your newsletter, it's going to pop up and show you. So then you can sort of follow up. Now, keep in mind, like just because somebody high level signs up for your newsletter, doesn't mean that they're really, really interested, right? Or whatever. But this does mean that you can sort of tailor something. Maybe you can reach out to that person and see if there's anything that you can do to help them. It's pretty cool. Is, I mean, could you achieve the same thing with Zapier and just uh, connecting MailChimp to Slack? And every time you get a new customer? No, but this is not just, this is not every new customer. This is VIPs. That VIP it actually, it actually yeah. automatically identifies the VIPs based on like, uh, Twitter following or famous name or something like that. So it's cool, um, especially if you're getting lots and lots of email signups. I thought this was really neat. The next one is called All Set Now. And this is one that I thought that Nick particularly would like. I don't eat out at restaurants very much, but but Nick tends to. So this is called All Set Now. And what it does is it's the shortest way to sit down lunch. And basically, you can have your lunch served on your time at your favorite restaurant. Now, you, you might argue that this is taking some of the enjoyment out of a social eating experience, but what is really cool for someone who's time pressed is basically you pull it up, you pick the restaurant that you want, and then you, you actually pick the menu item that, that you wanna have and the time that you want it. You show up at the restaurant and it is sitting on the table ready for you to sit down and eat. And then you eat and you get up and you leave and the payment is done through the app as well. Yeah, I, I haven't used it yet, but there's some great restaurants on yeah, there. Yeah, really. So I'm going to definitely give it a try soon. And, you know, also if like you're doing a business lunch and you don't want to be stand, like waiting for 20 minutes or something or whatever, I, I, it just, it, it makes the process a little bit more manageable, a little bit more controlled, I would say. So I thought that was actually a really neat thing. Uh, there's an article over at Greatest about, said, as they say that hearing don't eat that might have the opposite effect. So if somebody tells you not to eat something, you are more likely to want to eat it, which is not that surprising. But it's funny for me uh, and Nick, I think, actually just experienced this. But when I am at, I, I, I've talked about this before that I have like a snacking issue. But if somebody offers me food or offers me something I shouldn't eat, then it's really easy for me to say no. Yeah. You don't get, get that, eat. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of uh, restraint uh, with, with that empire cake that we brought over to your house uh, over the summer. Yes. I, I tried, why don't you eat that and why don't not eat that and nothing seemed to work. <laughs> yes, you kept pushing and pushing. Uh, I did eventually try it and it was quite amazing. Yeah. Empire cakes, if you're in New York City, they make a damn good cake. Uh, and yes, I do eat cake from time to time. I, I, I still get this thing sometimes where people think that I was a vegan. Or I'm sorry, that I recommended being a vegan. And I, I think that I said once in my TED talk that I was a vegan for a month and didn't like it. Um, I don't recommend veganism unless you're willing to put in a lot of time, money and effort uh, to do it the right way. But uh, yeah, the point is, I am not gluten free. I do eat cake when it comes up, when it's really good and it's worth it. I think everything in moderation, including moderation. Uh, okay, this one is a specific one to Slack, but uh, we were sort of playing with it. It's called alert.email. Now, you're, you're potentially crossing a bad boundary here, but we really, at least what Nick and I teach people is we really want people using Slack for internal communications and ideally internal 
communications are just on Slack. So you're, you can really become an email zero company if you're using Slack. Uh, and then email is for external stuff. And that not only provides a logistical, technical separation, but it also gives you a psychological separation. So you know what you're dealing with when you're in those different modes. But what alert.email does is it basically, it sends quote unquote important emails to a private Slack channel. So it brings that email world into Slack. Now, I mean, you, there are ways that you could see using this that wouldn't mess with the system, right? Yeah, but how do they determine what's an important? I'm email? guessing you. Well, see, I guess you're making filters essentially. Um, oh, so it was. It's meant for emails that were sent to you and only you. Uh, you don't have to bother setting up filters, and everyone can create their own account. So you know, you could argue that like an email that's your your CC'd on, for example, doesn't absolutely require your attention, but if it's sent directly to you, this is a tricky one. This well, is a really tricky here's one. My reason, I mean, here's the reason why I don't like it, right? Yeah. And it's back to that, that nice mental separation that we've created. Like email is for external and Slack is for internal. So I purposely don't want to bring email into Slack. I, there's like some rare cases where right. you might want to, but there are those Slack integrations where you can just forward the email to Slack manually if you need to. Well, and that this is the thing too, is that an email... This is what I would say, and correct me if I'm, I'm overgeneralizing here, but it, an email brought into Slack should not be in the form of an email, right? So like if we get a support request by email, we should get a fresh desk notification in email. We should, yeah. or in uh, Slack rather, not an email. Yeah, I mean, the way we're, we're using it right now is like if, there, if, if a VA does a good job or does a bad job and we get a client writing an email and we want to share that with the team, we'll just forward it to the Slack channel to just share the information, but it's not actionable. And keep in mind that one of the problems with email for people is that there's no structure to it. Um, you know, so basically uh, anybody can write an email in any form they want and it could have information. It could be missing information. There's no standardization to it. But when you when you extrude it, you know, like a support email coming into us through Freshdesk, that is in a very specific format. We know what we're looking at. It's a lot easier to process. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't think of a reason why I would try this alert, but um, some people might. Some people, I mean, yeah. some people might, but I'd be willing to guess if you're using it, you're probably misusing the way that you use Slack and email altogether. Right. Okay. So then the, the last thing is this article at What My Bros Said. Um, which is funny. It's called the magic time frame for maximum productivity. And this person sort of ident like goes through the different various time frames for uh, maximum productivity. And so one of them is 33 minutes and 33 seconds. And this was from Eugene Schwartz, who was a prolific copywriter. And basically that was like his thing. He would, that, this was his version of the Pomodoro technique. Mm -hmm. um, we've also, they've done an exercise or a, a study where they found that coder is the best uh, ratio was 52 minutes of work to 17 minutes of rest. Um, which is very coderish sounding to me. Uh, and then the same thing, they had one for students basically working, in, it, it, almost like a Tabata. They study for an hour, then take a break. The point of all this is that you definitely should be working very intensely and then taking a break, but the ratio is really dependent on you. Do you have you have one that you find that works for you? No. I mean, I'm you you just go for eight hours, right? Yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> When you're a machine, you're a machine. You right, right. But um, <laughs> just keep it oiled. I don't like when they start saying that you have to follow this because I think it's just so personal. And like the only thing you have to just find what works for you. Um, what I find is like I like to work out in the mornings and the first three hours of my day, you know, I'm the freshest. So I stack up anything that's going to be complicated or really deserves 100 percent of my brain. I do in the mornings. Sure. And I kind of just schedule my day around forecasting when I'm going to be sharpest and when I'm not going to be. But um, yeah, just for me personally, I, 
I don't, I don't stick to any of those things. Do you? No, not really. I kind of just work when I can, you know? So, uh, anyway, but that's yeah, it with, for, with three kids and a fourth on the way, I guess. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> so by the time this podcast comes out, I should have, uh, it'll be two days into having a new baby girl, I hope. So, um, hopefully I'll be able to like, produce a podcast for the week after. Uh, and Calvin had a new update come out today. Yep. New update in the app store today. So, um, give it a try and send feedback to Nick at calvinapp.com. But um, it's looking good. Cool. Well, thanks, Nick. Uh, Everybody, enjoy the interview with Jeff Woods and see you next week. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how less doing was born. Less doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company or a stressed out soccer mom, We've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free. And you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening. And now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Jeff Woods, who is the host of the Mentee podcast. And he recently went from employee to entrepreneur in under 10 months. So Jeff, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. So, well, first of all, just give us a little background on your story and when, what you were doing and what you are doing. Yeah, sure. So for the past five, six years, I was in medical device sales, uh, which was a freaking dream job. I, I was working from home, wearing scrubs every day. I made great money and could, just had a great quality of life. But I think kind of like every entrepreneur, you have a series of defining moments. And for me, at the end of 2013, two things happened, which the first was a colleague of mine had a stroke when he was 35. And my wife and I had just bought a house and we just had our daughter at that time, and I'm just going, oh my gosh, if something happens to me, my family's in a really rough spot. And that was very unsettling. And the next week, my company made a change to my commission structure, and overnight, my income got slashed by 40%. And so things got really hairy for us during that period of time. And it was in that moment when I was trying to start a business on the side and trying to build streams of income and just losing even more money that I heard this Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yep. And for the first time, I actually took a step back and looked at who my five were and realized they're all amazing people. They will continue to be in my life, but they're not living the life I want to be living. And so therefore, they cannot advise me on how to get there in an accelerated fashion. And so I just went out and surrounded myself with some really high-level mentors. And in the process of just hanging around millionaires and in some cases billionaires, um, an opportunity was created to start a media company with Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, who co-wrote the book, The One Thing. I'm sure a lot of your audience will know who they are. Um, so I just moved to Austin, Texas sure. to start a company with them. 
And, and that's awesome. And so, uh, and what is the company? So the idea is that, you know, you write a book and, and up until now, you know, New York has treated the book as the end all be all. And we look at a book like the one thing, which has done very well, hit all the bestseller lists, but, and they're actually making money on it, which is rare, but they're leaving so much on the table and we're going to create a media company where we're going to incubate our own content. And then we will turn that into the podcast, the blog, the video blog. We will repurpose that content as a best-selling book. We will repurpose that as a digital course, a live event, coaching, speaking, certifications, corporate consulting. There's all these different ways that you can monetize content. And we're really going to systemize that and just create a massive, massive media company. So that is awesome because so you you know you may or not may may or may not know this but I, about five months ago four months ago basically I started a virtual assistant company and one of the things that we're uh, coming across a lot is that a lot of clients want to do this repurposing of content you know we have uh-huh. the people who are really busy executives and they only have time it, it, actually I kind of like this when they're like oh I, I you know I'd love to do the podcast and the and the blog post he's like but I only have time to do a half hour YouTube video every week it's like well that half hour YouTube video is all we need to do everything else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's fantastic. I mean, I, turning it into a book is a, it, it. It really just takes. I mean, well, you, you'll you'll tell me more, but I, it, it takes in my mind just the right eye on it sometimes to be able to piece the content together in a cohesive manner. That's like where the real artistry comes from. Uh huh. Uh huh. I 100% agree. So, and how, what is, like, what is the systematic approach if you get a sort of a high level look at that? And honestly, we're, we're still figuring that out. I mean, I've been on the ground here in Austin for six weeks. So we're still at the, the point where I'm walking into to Gary's office with Jay and I'm getting in front of the whiteboard and sketching out my vision for the company. And Gary and Jay are poking holes in that and expanding my mind and expanding the vision. Um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to at least we've got to figure out who that first hire is. I've got to hire that content person who really has that keen eye, like you said, somebody who can who can look at that 30-minute video and realize, hey, I can see a complete line of content here and be able to go execute it. Um, we're still figuring all that out, but it's going to be a really fun journey. And so have you, have you started working with any content providers yet, or you're still just working out the systems? No, I literally this last week got clarity that the first person I need to hire is a content creator, somebody who's a writer researcher who also has a desire to teach because, you know, this is a person who will write a best-selling book under our brand and we're going to need them to, to speak. So I, I have officially commenced the search now. <laughs> that's Okay, well, that's fun. Um, but okay, so let's back up a little bit then. So, so how did you go about finding the mentors that would make the difference for you and then approaching them? And then, uh, you know, obviously it's more than just being there. You have to be an active participant. Right, right. And I think this is, this is where if I could leave everybody with, with one piece of actionable advice, it is that if you look at who your five are, you're going to realize very quickly they're not where you want to be. And to, to simply commit to yourself that, all right, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to bring some other people into my life to seek guidance from. And the first thing that I really did that I did blindly at the time, but looking back on it now, I realized it was what helped me do it so fast is I got real clear on where I needed most help. Kind of like you said, you're, as you started this VA company, you're realizing that everybody wants to be able to create all this content, but they don't have all the time. They don't have the bandwidth. Um, for me at the time I wanted to get into real estate investing and I wanted to surround myself with successful real estate investors. And that's where I started. I just started telling everybody and their mom that I was looking to get into real estate and I wanted to surround myself with successful real estate investors. And I had 
tapped into a large group of people very quickly that way. And so for the people who are listening, I think that's where it starts, you know, out of everything in your life, where do you actually need the most help right now? And of all those, and and, and who would be the ideal person to guide you? And just start telling people. It's amazing how fast things come to you when you just ask for help. Does that make sense, Ari? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, I've been asked to be a mentor to people before, and usually I I don't like to do it because I feel like the people who sometimes ask for it or want to do it, it's really sort of unstructured. And I I believe that a mentor-mentee relationship absolutely can be a two-way street. Uh, And if it's not, then the mentor is... I don't believe it. I think we should always be learning. A hundred percent. I, I, um, one of the guys who I've formed a relationship with recently, his name's Jeff Hoffman. He was one of the founders of priceline.com and, um, guys worth over a billion dollars now. And I, at one point said that when I was with him just a few weeks ago, I was like, dude, why are you even talking to me? Why are you here? And, and describe, cause I recorded the conversation. That's what my podcast is all about. And I, I said to the people who are listening to our conversation right now, why in the world would you invest in me? Why would you invest in anyone else? And what he said really shocked me because he said, you know, at one point in time, I had somebody who was way ahead of me in terms of success and they reached back and grabbed my hand and helped pull me forward. And they didn't ask for money. They didn't ask for me to wash their car. All they asked is that one day I reach back and help mentor someone else. And I firmly believe that entrepreneurs are going to change the world, which is why I feel it is my obligation to mentor the next generation of entrepreneurs. And so what people often don't realize is that the mentor in the mentor-mentee relationship actually gets more out of the relationship than you will as the mentee. It's just like when you get a gift, it's great, but when you give someone a really great gift and you see the look on their face, it pales in comparison. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I mean, and and that's the thing is like, I, I personally, not that I'm not that I would call myself like at the top of my game or a season better, or, you know, whatever. But I'm to me, I can't imagine ever not wanting to continue to learn. And there's so much to be able to learn from the proper mentee as there is to be able to mm-hmm. share as well. So, well, so then my question is, if somebody came to you for mentorship, what, what does that look like? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like what you described. Somebody approaching you and saying, will you mentor me? That's like for the guys who are listening to this, seeing a really hot girl walking straight up to her, getting down on one knee and you know whipping out a ring and saying, will you marry me? <laughs> it's like, will you give me your free time indefinitely? The answer is no. But it's something that starts out by expressing a bit of interest in them. And at least I can, I can share for you, share with you what I have done with all these people, including the Jeff Hoffmans of the world. And I heard them speak. I read a book of theirs. There was some way, shape or form that they or their message had made an impact in my life first. And so when I approached them, I simply said, first and foremost, thank you. You know, I heard you speak just now and your message absolutely resonated with me. I've been going through this crossroads where my income just got slashed by 40% and I've been truly lost in hearing your words. Like I feel clarity for the first time. So first and foremost, honestly, thank you. In that moment, you've got their attention. And then I say, listen, I don't know what I can do to add value to you, but if you would be willing to invest 15 minutes in me so that I can seek some guidance, some counsel, not only do I promise I will take action and get results based on it, but I promise I will find a way to add value back. Can we spend some time together? When I've delivered that, I have yet to get a no. Yeah, and it's hard to say no too, honestly. Unless again, if you're being foolish, and there are people like that who are just closed-minded, and they, you know, they feel like they've, I don't know, like they've learned enough, basically. 
So mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a very good approach. Yeah. So, and, and you know, to, to each their own. When I, when I teach this stuff on my podcast, I, I talk about this concept of rinsing and repeating. And it's like, you know, that's what works for me. That's what works for Jeff Woods. That may not work for you. But the, the, the key message is you've got to get into the habit of taking action consistently. You know, just try stuff, approach people and, and see what works and what doesn't. And just recognize that it's a numbers game. If you, if you approach 100 people and 99 say no, but that one person says yes, you've all of a sudden got a ridiculously heavy hitter in your life that you would have never had before. And that's when the doors open. Yeah, no, absolutely. And speaking of taking action, so what, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? <sighs> in anything. Top, top three to be more effective. Um, first, it, I think it really comes down to planning. I mean, I've been on the ground with Jay and Gary for six weeks, and it's amazing. They actually live the one thing. It permeates the culture of Keller Williams and like the concept of taking a to-do list and turning it into a success list by identifying like of everything you need to do, what is the one thing that you need to do that such by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. And so by taking the time to sit down, document all the things that you need to do, and then turn apply priority to them has been a game changer for me. I I didn't realize how little I planned and how often I moved through my day uh, without structure, without thought, without priority. And the moment that I started identifying very clearly what is my number one activity, um, my effectiveness went through the roof. That was one, right? That was was one. Keep Um, going. Keep going. Number two, in terms of my effectiveness, um, surrounding myself with the right people. It is amazing how we go through life guessing what the right way to act is, guessing what the right course of action is. Yet, if you simply took a step back and said, hey, I'm trying to achieve a goal of, for example, my goal right now is to get to $25,000 a month in passive income. This is a goal that I thought was impossible for so long. But now that I've surrounded myself with the people who have already done that, they look at me and go, dude, you'll be there in six months. And not only do I know you'll be there because I've been there, I'm going to show you exactly what to do. So I think if you can... For me, surrounding myself with the right people, it's like they've just laid out their blueprint for me and said, don't, don't guess, don't try to reinvent the wheel, just do this, it's already worked. And, and that's, that's why I was able to go from employee to entrepreneur in 10 months, was that. And um, so that's two. And then number three, honestly, it's been meditation. Um, I didn't realize until after I started to meditate how reactive I was in my life and how off my energy was. And I always felt, um, I felt off, I was edgy. And as soon as I developed the habit of taking time for myself to center myself and to really control my energy and to control my emotions, um, I've been way more present in moments when I needed to be present and way more effective in those moments. Well, that's awesome. That's three actually very diverse tips. So thank you. Uh, so, so Jeff, where, uh, where can people find out more about you, the podcast and the new company? Yeah, sure. So um, the podcast is called The Mentee, where I'm the mentee and I record the conversations with my mentors as I've gone from employed entrepreneur. Um, And if you want, uh, if you go to findthebestmentors.com, that's mentors with an S, I've got an action guide there that's the the seven easy steps you can take to meet the top seven influencers in your industry. Uh, This is just, you know, breaking it down, super easy, actionable steps for you that will actually get you results. Uh, That's a great place to start. And then in terms of the company, we don't even have a name yet so you'll just have to to follow me in the podcast and i'm I'm documenting the journey there perfect well this episode won't come out for a couple weeks so if you do have a name before it does please let me know we'll we'll definitely add it into the show notes we'll do man Uh, and is there is there anything that i can do for you right now 
No, I don't think so. Except I guess uh, spread the word of us doing when uh, when this comes out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, man. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.